0: the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
1: And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have, therefore, opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. I am Jim Stanley, along with Dr. Alex McFarland, and we welcome those of you who are of the household of faith to be with us this afternoon, and those who are not, hopefully before the program ends, we will have told you enough about the love of Christ that you too might want to become part
2: of the household of faith. Alex, good afternoon. Amen. What a good word, Jim. It's great to be with you and uh, great to have everyone listening. We are in Galatians chapter 6. But that's right. We want everybody to be a, of the household of faith and let me just say the door is open. Amen. And the arms of Christ are open wide to receive you. We we often say this, Jim, Jesus is as close by as a prayer, and he is, isn't he? He sure is. And you know, we talk about that from time
1: to time and and really we'll get to that. Uh, this program because there are some things here that we're going to tell people. And those that don't know Christ, it may not make sense. But hopefully once we finish these last five verses, it will. Now, Alex, yesterday you alluded to the fact that Galatians was broken up into three sets of five verses. And here in
2: Galatians 6.
1: Yes. And in in this the last five verses here, things are going to change a little bit you know because i think it i think verse 11 is very key because before that you know paul may have been dictating to a, a a helper to a secretary if you will but here at the end he's changing gears and he wants us to know that he has taken over the pen himself because he has that much passion and it's that important to him that he wants to make sure that there's absolutely no misunderstanding You know, when Christ would say something that he really wanted people to to gear into, he would say, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say to you, so that Mm -hmm. he could draw their attention. Well, here I think Paul is telling us that, look how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. And he's not talking about the six chapters that we make up for the letter of, of Galatians, but he's actually talking about what we usually consider a benediction, Uh, from Paul, and he's saying, look, I've taken this pen with my own hand, and I'm writing extra big so you can see it's me, and I want you to understand what we're about to say.
2: Mm. Yeah, and you know, in three other places, he says this. In 1 Corinthians 16, Colossians 4, and 2 Thessalonians 3, he says, uh, you have seen this salutation with my own hand. Or this is my writing with my own hand. So you're right, this is uh, kind of the the seal of authenticity on this And, you know, important stuff here Galatians, you know, the grace of God, not works um, Having confidence in the Lord um, We talked about yesterday how Galatians 6 The first five, five verses really talk about, you know if, if someone is is stumbling into sin Then spiritual people gently... Uh, Call him back, and then uh, looking after your ministers. Uh, But I loved this, you know, the the second five verse couplet, if you will, Mm -hmm. said, you know, do not be weary in well doing, and do season will reap. Um, And as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially them who are the household of faith. So love and charity and generosity and grace—that's part of being a Christian. Now Paul says as we begin to wrap things up here, th- this is my own words, you see my own hand. Now, verse 12, interesting, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in in your flesh. Okay. To preach the cross of Christ, mm. which includes messages like Jesus is the Son of God. The old sacrificial system is passed, and now the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross, that is the payment for our sin. And there's only one way to go to heaven, through Jesus. And you don't have to do the works anymore. The old wineskin is done with. This is the new era the heart of flesh, the living, indwelling Holy Spirit, because we are connected now to the risen Savior, to really preach that gospel message could bring persecution. And so Paul is saying in 12 and 13, look, uh, to make a fair showing outwardly in the flesh, there's a lot of people that would want that. And they don't even keep the law, but they're going to make you keep it. Why? So, verse 13, they may glory. That hey, I've won a convert. In other words, Jim, do you get the impression that the Judaizers that wanted to sort of take the Christians or the would-be Christians and, and make them basically de facto pract- practicing Jews, um, those kind of proselytizers could get go to the religious hierarchy and the priests and say, look, I made all these converts. Mm-hmm. See and and we'll we'll let them have their Jesus talk. I understand they've in the privacy of their moments, they want to talk about Jesus, but we've really made proselytes for Judaism and the temple machine. That's not the gospel, just like now jim i mean there there are people that have no problem with quote spirituality, but it's not just spirituality, but it's a relationship with the living Lord Jesus that is salvation and so um Let's remember that when we're talking about our soul and fidelity to the Word of God, it's not about placating people or pleasing people, but it's about knowing the Word of God, living for the Son of God, and helping the world become children of God. Um, The the authentic versus the uh, imitation, this battle goes all the way back to the early church, doesn't it, Jim?
1: It sure does. And when we get to verse 14 there... We notice how important this is to Paul, uh, that everybody, and this is why I said earlier, when we finish this, for folks who have never heard the word of God before, this may sound like a lot of, um, you know, rules and different things, but that's what we're saying. There is freedom in the gospel of Christ, and Paul says here, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and i unto the world and it's because of the crucifixion of christ that we have the hope of everlasting life and then verse 15 goes on to see go on goes on to say for christ jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision but a new creature a new creation that's what that's what makes the difference, and that's why you, you, know, you said what you did there, Alex, uh, about those who were trying to, to prove it in the flesh. You know There are people today that still try to prove in the flesh that they follow Christ, that they do this, that they do that. But it, if, if they try to prove that in the flesh, it's not going to make any difference if they haven't had that heart change. You, know, we, you and Bert and I have said before, you know, we may be surprised at people in heaven, and we may also be surprised at the people that aren't in heaven. You know, mm. you can have a, a row of Sunday school attendance pins that reaches five feet into the floor. But if mm. you've never met the, the 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 Christ and have never yielded your life to him, then all that's just been in service of men, hasn't it?
2: Exactly. And um, I'm going to show my age here. There's no Bill Gaither song. Do you remember that song, Thanks to Calvary? Yes. And... Now, I want to relate this to um, verse 14, but Bill Gaither had a song, and it had this wonderful lyric. It says, I I went back to that place where I used to go. I saw the same old crowd I knew before. When they asked me what had happened, I tried to tell them, thanks to Calvary, I don't come here anymore. Mm. Now, uh, Jim, when I was a young Christian, I read this verse, uh, verse 14, God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. I got that wonderful, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. And I thought, I wonder what does that mean, uh, the world is crucified to me and I unto the world? What well, Paul is saying, look, the world is, is now dead to me. All of the the accolades, uh, to ingratiate myself with the religious hierarchy, or to earn popularity points with the city leaders, or the money and, and you know what? You can go along with some religious machine, and it might even be lucrative. Or, or fill in the blank. Maybe it's to uh, go out drinking with the crowd you used to run with, or, or whatever, or to get you know, whatever accolade the world dangles in front of you. Paul is saying in verse 14, look, all that, all of the, the, the bling and the baubles of this world, it's dead to me. It's crucified to me, and I'm crucified to the world because now I'm under a new name and a new head. Mm. I'm now a Christian, and my leader is Christ. And so that's why he could say, look, I don't glory in anything except the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, which gave me life.
1: Amen. You know, 1 Corinthians 118 says, "...for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing." But it is God's power to us who are being saved. And that's one of the things the scripture just continually reinforces itself. Circumcision, uncircumcision, isn't anything. It's not how we prove we are Christians. You know, and and Alex, I believe it was first John, uh, where it says that that by this shall all men know your mind. No, that's an actual John but by this this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. Yeah. And so these are the things that prove us out. These are the things that we need to focus on. And so many times I think we get caught up in things of the flesh that we forget about the fact, like you said, it's a one-on-one relationship with Jesus.
2: It, It really is. And, um, you know, uh, don't look back. Uh, what what a powerful illustration of uh, Lot and his wife and his family as they're leaving Sodom, you know. Lot's wife looked back, and it says she was turned to a pillar of salt. Listen, if you've been delivered from uh, whatever, you know, Hebrews 12:1 and 2 talks about the sin which so easily besets us. Now, apart from Jesus, we're all lost sinners. Uh, but you might have a certain temptation that's especially tenacious in your life. I think we all do, and, and I think you probably know where your weak spots are. Don't look back. Keep pressing forward. Mm. And so Paul says, look, you, you guys that want to put people under the law and brag about the converts you've made, uh, you, you're going to glory in your flesh. I don't glory in anything but the cross of Christ, which made me dead to this world. Uh, but alive in Jesus, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Now, Jim, I mean, think about the power. You think about what the apostle is saying here in Galatians 6:15. Okay, the uncircumcised Gentiles, you think they've got to keep the law? The circumcised Jews, you think they're better because they do? He says, "Look in Christ, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision, neither one avails anything. But so what does? Being a new creature in Christ." Amen. You know, Second Corinthians five seventeen. If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creature. Uh, Jim, you and I, you, you and Bert and me, we could we could get preaching going for hours just on Galatians six fifteen. I would suppose
1: we sure could. It wouldn't take us long at all, uh, folks. We'll be back more in chapter 6 of the of Galatians, and we'll pick up there at verse 16, and maybe go back to 15 for just a moment. This is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Dr. Alex McFarland and Jim Stanley, in for Brother Bert Harper.
3: This is Pause to Pray, a chance to
1: stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
0: Today, we pray for Brian Newland, Assistant Secretary of the Interior for Indian Affairs. His office implements federal laws and policies related to American Indians and Alaskan natives. Isaiah 45, 12 reminds us that the lands are God's creation. I made the earth and created man on it. It was my hands that stretched out the heavens and I commanded all their host. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Brian Newland in his role at the Department of the Interior. We ask this in Jesus name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Childbirth is wonderful, but there's more to life than being born. Dr. Tony Evans says that in the same way newborn Christians need to make that same discovery. He'll talk about that today as we spend two minutes with Tony.
3: Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the expectation of human history. You are not just saved to go to heaven, you are saved to live out God's kingdom see he saved you for a kingdom purpose in time and an eternal kingdom purpose forever but it is you your salvation only got you into the kingdom door but now you're supposed to be living in the kingdom atmosphere see we're so excited to go to heaven uh, we brag about how nice the door is oh I didn't didn't gone through the door Jesus is the way Jesus says I am the door we got through the door but come on there's, a, there's more to the house than the door okay when you go through the door you enter once you enter there's the living room dining room bedroom closets garage there's a whole lot of stuff to this kingdom than just getting in it I'm saved okay you made it through the door but to make it through the door is just the start we brag about I'm saved on my way to heaven praise God you got a door but you were brought into something bigger than a door you were brought into his house His kingdom, His rule, His authority, His dominion. That's where you're supposed to be operating now, as Son of God and Son of Man.
0: Learn more about the words used in the Bible to describe Jesus and how that understanding can change your life. Check out Tony's book, The Power of Jesus' Names, available online at TonyEvans.org. And be sure to join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony.
1: Savior, that's our encouragement for you today. That's our invitation for you today. That you would come to know Christ. Uh, and the table refers to that of the wedding feast of the Lamb. And Alex, mm. that's you know I'm I, I'm a I'm a guy. Uh, you know I'm a food guy. I like I like food. I enjoy food. You know some Me people too. eat to live. I live to eat. <laughs> and uh, I have to work on that sometimes. But you want to talk about a feast that you don't want to miss out on that's one of them because you know uh tony evans many of you heard him during the break there and he was talking about um there's more to just getting through the door and there is there's the eternal fellowship with christ there are the different things that go on once we come to know christ and grow in that relationship and i really like how paul finishes up galatians uh here with
2: that encouragement Oh yeah. Yeah. Um we've often talked about how throughout the Old Testament there were people that were very pictorial of Jesus that would come. Of course, King David who was the shepherd of Israel and Jesus is the good shepherd. Uh and you know, I think about Joseph way back in the book of Genesis. Uh Joseph was very pictorial of a Savior, and and Jesus and Joseph share many parallels, but Joseph, when he got reunited with his family, he gave them a banquet, and Mm -hmm. at the banquet gave everybody a gift. And my friend, Jesus has invited you to a banquet, and you're uh, to RSVP for this great marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven. The way that you RSVP and accept Your banquet invitation is you put your faith in Jesus and you're born again. And one day, if you'll do that, and if you're a believer, we're all going to see each other. And uh, uh, Jim and I will be sitting there somewhere, and uh, we'll uh, enjoy that banquet. And, of course, the guest of honor is the King of Kings, Jesus. I mean, it's just, there's so much we could say about this beautiful, beautiful tapestry that is reality, The story of the gospel and how we come into a relationship with Jesus. You know, before the break, we talked about how uh, verse uh, 15 says, you know, what is the important thing is being a new creature in Christ, born again, born from above, literally is what that means in John 3 when Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. It really means born from above, born Mm -hmm. by the Spirit. Verse 16, And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. I'm going to finish reading out, then let's go back. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's interesting how the book begins with an address to brethren and it concludes with an address to brethren. But let's go back a, a little bit, Jim. A lot has been said uh, about praise the Israel of God mm-hmm. in Galatians six sixteen. Now let me say, and and Jim, you feel free to disagree if you do. Um, this doesn't mean that there is no future nor biblical significance for the real Israel, Israel, Jerusalem, the nation of Israel. Now, the Israel of God, interesting phrase, and I think it connects with how we become children of Abraham through faith in Jesus. You know, uh, God could raise up children of Abraham from the stones off of the ground, but while the Church, all believers of all the ages, the born-again bride of Christ... That's the Israel of God. But there is still a future, and Paul talks about this in Romans, for Israel. And that's why when Israel became a nation again in 1948, I think that was very prophetically significant. I think that so much of what goes on in the Middle East is exactly what the Bible predicted. So, um, Jim, as I understand it, the Israel of God, in verse 16, all believers of all strata, but there is still a future and a plan, uh, very much prophetically so, for the nation of Israel too. Would you agree?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, we talk about the remnant uh, being preserved unto the glory of God, and uh, that's a remnant of Jews who love Jesus. I I fully believe that. I also believe that we are part of the integrated family of God, and I think that uh, we have to be careful that we don't double speak if you will that we don't uh that we don't preach something other than the gospel there is one way to heaven and it is through jesus christ and if you have trouble with that not you alex but if one has trouble with that then their troubles not without with us it's with the scripture because that's what the scripture preaches alex i want to go back to uh verse 15 for just a second uh, because one of the things you talked about was the difference there and uh in the Amplified Version, it says, For neither is circumcision now of any importance, nor an uncircumcision, but only a new creation. And here's, we were talking about the parentheses. Well, here's what's in the parentheses. An, only a new creation, the result of a new birth and a new nature in Christ Jesus, the Messiah. And so that's one of the things that we try to reinforce almost every day is that it's nothing we say, it's nothing we do. Uh, we touch. We don't ever want to touch God's glory, but we want to be sure that folks know that Christ is the Messiah. And now verse 18 in from the Amplified says, The grace, spiritual favor, blessing of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, be with your spirit, brethren. Amen. So be it. You know, Alex, sometimes mm. I think we get caught up uh, that we forget that our fellowship with God is by way of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. You know, amen. And and it's our spirit rejoicing with His spirit.
2: Well, amen. That that is true. And you know what? That rejoicing in Jesus uh, is is still there for us. Even in spite of troubles, you Amen. know. Amen. Uh, I, verse I looked, seventeen. I,
1: I sounded confused for a moment there, and that's not anything unusual for me. But I, I didn't realize we were swapping call screeners today, and I had okay. texted Marty to tell him to come back because we were about finished here with where we were, and I didn't mm-hmm. see that we have a a new better looking assistant to uh, oh, call yeah? screen for us today. So Okay. Welcome okay. aboard.
2: Hey, now you she's know, speaking me the of stink which, eye. Uh, speaking really. of which, let me give that number. Even though we uh, we're not to questions quite yet, but hey folks, jot this number down if you get a chance, but it's 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840 toll-free number. We would love to have you call in with a Bible question, which we'll get to here in in just a little bit. But um you know, uh, you were talking about that we have that piece Paul alludes to the fact that he's been persecuted in verse 17. Mm -hmm. He says, From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Now, Bert, you know I love gospel music. Do you you remember there was an old gospel song? I I don't remember who did it, but it's talking about I'm going to the land where the only thing there that was made by man are the scars in the hands of Jesus. Mm. Did you ever hear that song?
1: Uh, Alex, to be honest, I'm not sure.
2: So you think about it. We know it's by His stripes that we're healed. Jesus was crucified, beaten, the crown of thorns. Christ paid for our sins on the cross. But Paul says, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Now, it's by Jesus' suffering on the cross that we are saved. Mm -hmm. But as a believer, we might be persecuted in our sanctification and our growth sometimes we suffer uh, and so Paul was persecuted he was beaten he was arrested falsely accused um, you know you read his kind of resume of suffering where he says a night and a day in the deep uh, you know twice beaten with 39 stripes so even though it's the suffering of Christ that purchased our salvation Paul knew all too well that as a believer he suffered in the service of the Lord. And he says, none of this troubles me. I'm not, I'm not trying to impress anybody or earn anything. I'm just living as a disciple. A lot we could say out of verse 17. And he says, brethren, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit. By the way, one last thing uh, about the Israel of God, that remnant of all believers. See, Paul had said that earlier in, uh, in the um, book, in Galatians 3. Uh, Galatians 3, 7, I think it was, he had said, you know, um, it is those who are of faith that are the sons of Abraham. So this idea that we become children of Abraham through faith, not works, this idea that we are really part of the true Israel by being born again, I mean, this is not a new idea he's tagging on at the end. This was part of his whole argument throughout the book, going all the way back to Galatians 3.
1: Mm. I mean, you know, um, as we're looking there and as we're coming up on the end, uh, we do invite folks to, to give us a call at 888 589 We may make it to those calls before the break. Uh, you know, Alex, one of the cross references there is from Romans 1620. And this so bears witness with what you just said and, and the way it says it is so affirmative. It says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And we talk about Paul having borne the, in his body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And then the Amplified Bible goes on to talk about that, that it shows that he is under ownership of Christ. You know, Paul talks about being a slave unto Jesus. And uh, one of the things that they used to do was to mark them with, with different ways. And so he's saying that he bears those marks in his body, but he bears them not to his glory. He It goes back to what he said earlier. He only wants to glory in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's not mm-hmm. looking for credit for bearing those marks. Those marks are just evidence of whose he is. Because remember, Paul was a Jewish Jew, but he was also a citizen of Rome, and he had certain protection. But he forego those protections so that he could that he could literally be what Christ needed him to be.
2: Amen. you know, and i'm I'm preaching it myself here, but look if if Jesus was really number one in our life, like there was an old song that we used to sing, "Jesus is all the world to me." I mean, if that were really the case among America's one hundred million adult Christians, It would be a different America. And just like, you know, Paul says, look, I don't glory in anything but the cross of Jesus, Mm -hmm. which was my salvation. I mean, if Jesus Christ is number one in our life, it will change everything. And not only change us, it will change our homes and our churches and our nation. Let's make, let's commit for God's glory that Jesus will be supreme in all of our lives.
1: Amen. Um, folks, the number is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Alex, uh, before, we, before we do go to the phones, we've talked about becoming a new creature in Christ. We've talked about the power of Christ able to transition us and transition our very nature. How does that happen?
2: Great question, great question. Let me share a a quick little illustration. We say Jesus died for your sins, and that's true. Uh, But it's like the the price being paid. Let's say you're guilty of a crime, and somebody over here is innocent, and the judge says, okay, here's the sentence. And and the innocent person says, no, set him free, lock me up instead. That's not a perfect illustration, but the appropriate measure... God's wrath that you and I deserved was put on Jesus now the Bible says in Romans six twenty three, the wages of sin is death the result of your sins is death separation from God but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord now listen to me everybody listening and if you're in the car just keep your eyes on the road but maybe you could open your heart to what I'm about to say do you agree with these these things you're a sinner. You've known the right and you've done the wrong. We're, we're all sinners. Romans 3 23. Sin separates us from God. We know that. And God is holy and righteous. And heaven wouldn't be heaven if sin was in there. And so there, there will be no sin in heaven. So you've got a problem. As a sinner, you won't go to heaven except. God wants to do something about it. Now, listen to this, and I'm going to lead in a prayer. The Bible says that God gave his life, and if you will put your faith in Jesus, and you'll say, Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner, I do believe. Jesus is the Son of God, he died for me, I'm accepting what Jesus did, and Lord, I'm asking you to save me. The Word of God promises... God promises He will save you. So if that expresses where your heart is at right now, and you want to make sure, and and look, I'm not asking you about joining a church membership or uh, putting your faith in Jesus right where you are, silently but sincerely from your heart to God. Would you pray these words and, and mean it? And God has promised to hear you. So just follow me in this. Say, Dear Lord Jesus... I am sorry for my sins, I admit that I'm a sinner, but I believe in Jesus, I believe He is the Son of God, and I accept that Jesus died on the cross for me, I turn away from sin, I'm putting my faith in you, Lord, please save me, please wash my sin away. And help me to live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, I know we've got a break coming, but let me say this. Friend, if you called out to Jesus, you put your trust in Jesus. And if God said, why should I let you into heaven? You say, because I trusted Jesus. The word of God promises you're a new creature. We'll tell you more about this when we come back. We've got a brief break. This is Exploring the Word. When we come back, more plus all of your questions and calls on this edition of Exploring the Word. Stay tuned after this brief break. Jim Stanley and I will be back. Stay with us.
4: to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. That is the mission of the Christian Worldview radio program. I'm host David Wheaton, inviting you to join us this Saturday morning at nine Eastern, eight central, as we discuss all matters of life and faith from a decidedly biblical perspective. The Christian Worldview, Saturday mornings at nine Eastern, eight central, right here on American Family Radio.
0: Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. With this statement, Jesus affirmed what he'd already said in Genesis 1 and 2 and defined marriage for all time. Contrary to the protestations of the nouveau critical theorists, the nuclear family consisting of a married father and mother is not a Western sociological prescription or construct. Marriage did not originate in the West. Its origin isn't suburban America. It started in Genesis, in the Garden of Eden. Marriage is God's idea. Therefore, He alone defines it. If you don't like it, your problem is with God, not me. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. In Genesis 2, verse 2, we read this, God finished his work that he had done and he rested. Margin in our lives, as defined by Dr. Richard Swenson, is the space between ourselves and our limits. Margin is the strength we bring to the table to live our lives minus the demands on our strength. Those demands come from many places, work, debt, relationships, anything that requires strength. If your load is greater than your strength, there's an overload. So how's your margin? God planned for us to rest so that we'll have the power needed to live. So if you're feeling the overload, you have permission to rest. It's part of God's plan for you. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR.
4: We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3.
0: American Family Radio.
5: We've all searched for the light of day and dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. You old, Just
1: before the break, we were talking about finding better life, new life in Christ and the changes that Christ can make in us. We'd invite you, if you don't know Christ, to call 1-800-NEED-HIM. That's one 1-800- 800 need him. And there'll be someone there to talk with you and and to further pray with you and help you understand the commitment you may have prayed when Alex uh, shared the prayer with you. Folks, it's so much more than just the words. It really is a change in lifestyle and a change in, in how we behave, isn't it, Alex?
2: It really is. And let me encourage you to find a church, find a good gospel preaching church, a church that believes the Bible. And, um, you know, we need to grow. Uh, Jim, I've, I heard an illustration once about a bonfire of, you know, logs and wood burning in a, in a bright bonfire. Well, if you pull a piece of wood out and set it over by itself, it'll burn a little while, but then it'll go out. And so the Christian life is not a lone ranger proposition. Now, you come to Christ as an individual, and many of you maybe just did. You put your trust in Jesus. That's great. But you need the body to encourage you and, uh, Hey, uh, we are Christians individually, but we're also the body of believers corporately. Aren't we, Jim?
1: We sure are. We sure are. And, and it's part of that corporate body that helps make us stronger. Well, let's go yeah. to the phones now. Triple eight five 88 40. We're going to talk to Steve calling from Texas. Steve, good afternoon. Welcome to exploring cool. the word.
4: Hey, yeah. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, so my question is kind of on addiction, and uh, just to kind of quote a few things from the Bible, basically, you know, when Jesus was, you know, healing people, he, he, he would heal them, but then tell them, you know, go forth and sin no more. Um, you know, that, uh, you know, who the Son sets free, he is free indeed. You know, we, we hear all these scriptures, and, and we know we're supposed to walk in freedom. And that said, having come from addiction with uh, tobacco, uh, alcohol, um no longer battling with any of that. Praise the Lord. That said, um, one of the callers yesterday was asking if he could, you know, battle with alcohol still to this day. And I think he said drugs. And could he, is he still saved? And I'm just torn on that because it didn't sound maybe that there was, I don't know what, what, I just want to get y'all thoughts because I just don't see how we can continue to practice sin and call ourselves saved.
1: Well, Steve, we won't be perfected until we've been delivered and given a new body. So there are things that we carry in our lives that we fight against, that we struggle against, but we continue, you know, if we have come to know Christ as Savior, then by all means, we want to live the very best life that we can. But Steve, there are times that life comes and smacks us over the head, that Satan comes and smacks us over the head, and instead of turning to Christ, Sometimes we fall back to that thing that, you know, gives us a temporary relief, or at least we think it does, without seeing the long-term uh, prognosis that it could do to the body. And so I wanna be clear about that. If you have come to, a, if one has come to a genuine knowledge of Jesus Christ as Savior, then there's still gonna be battles in this life. First Corinthians ten thirteen says, you know, that, that he will give us a way to escape or to bear that temptation. Uh, but it's one of those things that we have to, we may not be as mature as you are. The caller yesterday may not be as mature as you are. And they're walking towards deliverance, but have not been completely delivered. Alex?
2: Yeah, you know, um, salvation is the same for everybody. You put your faith in Jesus. But Christian growth really is different for everybody. Uh, and let's call it sanctification, the process by which we get more and more conformed to the image of Jesus. Uh, Jim, I've heard it said, you know, conversion or salvation works the same for everybody. Put your faith in Jesus, but sanctification is is a journey for everybody, and when it comes to things like addiction, um, you know, the Bible talks about those that are uh, Titus Uh, Chapter 1, verse 7 talks about those that are, quote, given too much wine. I I I think, and it's for a lot of reasons, uh, people's, you know, psychological makeup or maybe things they've gone through, some people are very susceptible to certain temptations, and other people aren't susceptible to this or that temptation. Uh, And whatever it is, you know, the the word addiction can uh, speak of being, you know, kind of psychologically habitually engaged in something, or it can even have a physiological connotation. Maybe your body is addicted to something, and, you know, um, we've talked about body, soul, and spirit, how there's this overlap between the soul and the body, you know, but here, here is the point, um, and I want to be very careful how I say this. I know if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creature, and it's not like I'm a saved, you know, whatever. No, we are delivered. We really mm-hmm. are. Your status before God, if you're a born-again believer, you are positionally in Christ. But I think sometimes it takes a while for our our mind and our emotions and even our body to catch up with that. Now, if you've given your life to Jesus, you need to be controlled by the Spirit. And I think we can help ourselves. Jim, let me say this. Um... If, if you've got a problem with alcohol, uh, stay out of the bars. <laughs> you know, right. Don't put yourself in a place where you're going to be tempted. Uh, and if it's, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, there are innumerable ways mm-hmm. the devil tries to trip us up. But do everything that is most conducive to help you walk in that new life. That's why, Jim, I'm a big believer, especially with men, uh, to be a part of a small group. And maybe even—and I've got preachers up here in North Carolina that at least once or twice a month we will have coffee together, often on a Friday morning, just to be able to look each other eyeball to eyeball and stay accountable. And I, Bert Harper and I talk at minimum of once a week on the phone and more. So get a group around you Christian ladies or a group around you Christian men where you can encourage each other toward godliness— uh, you know, Wesley called it the Holy Club, but I, I think the the strength of addiction and addictive behavior and compulsive behavior it can be broken, but but it really takes time and commitment. Very often, doesn't
1: it? It sure does, and and so we that's one of the things, one of the reasons I think we have grace. I'm not encouraging anyone to go out and sin. I want them to to do uh, to live as blameless a life as possible, but knowing that. We have the strength of Christ within us. And it's just like you said, Alex, you know, you don't, you don't just start off running. You have to gain knowledge and you have to gain understanding, but you also have to be willing to sacrifice more and more of yourself to Christ and give him control over that and give him a chance. Well, let's mm-hmm. talk to Gerald now from Tennessee. Gerald, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hi, Gerald.
5: Yes. This is Gerald.
1: Yes, sir. Welcome.
5: Welcome.
1: Hey, Gerald, you're on the air.
5: Okay. i got a question for you. Uh, Ephesians 2, 14 says, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of com- commandments contained in ordinance so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Uh, I, I, I kind of understand that to believe to be that the Jews, uh, unless they become Christians, uh, they're still they're still Jews uh, in their lineage, but they're not Jews in their belief because if they are, they're not Christians. Because Christians are Christians and nothing more. So how can we have a Israel? That is uh, part of God's plan today.
2: Hmm. Uh, let me speak to this a little bit, if if it's okay. And by the way, I love that Ephesians two fourteen verse that you know Jesus has broken down the wall of hostility between us and God. Uh, you know, in Galatians that we just studied, you know, it says in Galatians three that the law was a tutor, t u t o r a tutor to bring us to Christ. In other words, we look at the law of God and we, we see how far short we've fallen. And so it's our sin and our infraction of God's law that was the wedge between us and the Lord. Well, in, in terms of, you're right, Jew or Gentile, there's Romans one sixteen, Jews, Gentiles alike have to be born again through faith in Jesus. Now, if a Jewish person becomes a follower of Messiah, Jesus, that doesn't mean that they're not uh, ethnically Jewish, still, you know, just like I, I am a Caucasian Gentile, uh, but I'm a born again Caucasian Gentile. Well, a Jew is still a Jew, not in the spiritual sense of having to sacrifice lambs on an altar because they've not done that since A.D. seventy. You know, Jim, I was leading a Jewish young man to Christ one time in New York City, and um, we we talked about Jesus for an hour, and I said, if Jesus wasn't the man then why aren't you sacrificing lambs in Israel? And he looked at me, he said, I don't know. That's a, another story for another day, but here's my point. He, he accepted Jesus as the lamb. So political and social Israel is there, and I think their presence in the Middle East is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Before the last days could really come about, Israel had to be there, and I think there'll be a, a rebuilding of, of a temple... But uh, they're not born again until they've put their faith in Jesus. So, um, you know, spiritual Israel is what we are talking about in Galatians 6.16, but that doesn't negate the reality of a social, ethnic, political Israel that will be a part of the last day's activities. And, and many, many Jews will come to Messiah, and in fact, even as we speak, many are.
1: Amen. All right, Gerald, thank you for your call today. We sure appreciate it. Going to talk to Catherine calling from Louisiana. Catherine, welcome to Exploring the Word.
4: Hi, thanks. Um, So somebody actually asked the question earlier, sort of, but I was just wondering if you could explain the difference in uh, sin that is allowed to salvation versus sin that leads to death.
1: Well, Catherine, and and please hear my heart when I say this, all sin leads to death. Now, it may not be eternal death because we've come to know Christ as Savior, but all sin leads to death. Gluttony leads to death. Uh, Sexual aberrations lead to death. And those aren't, I'm not talking just about heterosexual or homosexual sin there. Talking about sin leads to a death. It may be the death of your testimony it may be the death to you physically because of of diseases and different things that come from that. And by the way, again, that's not me saying that. Uh, when you look at the homosexual and heterosexual uh, sins and diseases that are out there, you can find those at the Centers for Disease Control. And it tells you how poor choices in those lifestyles are there. Same for alcoholism, same for gluttony, you know, same for these different sins. Alex, I know that you and Bert talk about sins against the flesh and sins against, you know, and and regular sin like that. But when we talk about sin and the things that lead unto death, um, all sin leads to a type of death. But the the difference is, is that when we've come to new life in Christ, we've been given that new life,
2: isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Great question. Probably the two Quintessential verses that reference a sin unto death. One would be First John five sixteen, not the Gospel of John, but you know, back near the Book of Revelation, First John five sixteen. But then another is First uh, Corinthians eleven thirty. Um, this this is generally how most scholars would understand the sin unto death. It's a born again Christian, a born again believer, but a willful, continuous. Unrepented sin, and First Corinthians eleven thirty says because of this, you know, a born again Christian living in sin, Paul says for this reason many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. And the First John five sixteen, Jim, it's almost like the Lord says, look, before they do further damage to themselves and maybe the body of Christ, uh, I'm going to snuff out their life. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying they weren't saved. Uh, maybe in heaven there's loss of rewards, right. but um, if a Christian is living in habitual, stubborn, unrepentant sin, hey, it might make you sick, and it might shorten your life down here.
1: <laughs> it just might. Catherine, again, that was a great question. Uh, yes. don't, don't be dissuaded by our answer, uh, because but there, sin, you know, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so that's one of the things that we always want to remember. Uh, and so I hope that helps some this afternoon, and uh, I hope that that helped answer your question. Folks, you've been listening to Exploring the Word. that's going to be all the calls we can get to today. And tomorrow, Alex, we have done a pre-record, uh, and we're going to talk about suicide and suicide yeah. in the church. And so uh, that's a program that that we're looking forward to. And since we have just a moment here, Tell folks how they can bring you to their community.
2: Well, thank you, Jim. And and by the way, thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey, my website is simply alexmcfarland.com. I really do view myself as the traveling evangelist for the American Family Association. And so we just, hey, we had 700 people in Raleigh as we talked about a Christian response to the woke movement Sunday night. So you pray about what your needs are. Reach out to us, and I'll come and preach. And we'll see the Spirit of the Lord work.
1: All right, folks, this has been Exploring the Word. That was Alex McFarlane. I'm Jim Stanley. Have a great afternoon. Stick around. More great programming coming your way after the news, including Washington Watch. Have a great afternoon.